so when it comes to November and December and somebody wanting to get started on their fitness goals, first of all, all the more power to you for recognizing the fact that it doesn't matter what time of year it is in the sense that it's always a good time to start. But I back that up by saying it does matter what time of year it is with the method that you're going to use to get started. And if you wanna get started in November and December and you think the answer is a calorie deficit, I can promise you that you might set yourself up for deprivation and ultimately failure. So instead of doing that, I like to call it like success hacking basically, acknowledging that the failure will be there and let us better manage the time of year and the environment so that you can do pretty well and you can be if you think a bit about it on a scale of A to F, like we're grading ourselves, let's focus on getting a B plus on our report card instead of trying to get an A plus. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What is up, Fix listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Fix Podcast. As always, I am your host, Krista Huber, and we are keeping on the theme of food for the holidays. It is one week officially away from Thanksgiving, and now is right about that time where maybe you're talking to your mom about the menu and exactly what you're bringing to the table and what everyone else might have on the table other than the infamous turkey. Now, as part of this series in the last few weeks, if you have not already done so, I would encourage you to go back. You can listen to these few episodes. There will be four total. I started this at the beginning of November in any order that you want, but I am kind of progressing along as we get closer to the actual holiday. And all of these things do apply to December for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever you celebrate, whenever you're celebrating. Even for your birthday, a lot of these rules apply, honestly, or vacation. So last week, we talked about one of my favorite pieces of advice that I love sharing with clients, aka how to not eat like an asshole and remembering that you have access to excess and that doesn't mean we need to go crazy and always remembering that food's going to be there. It'll be there. If it's not there tomorrow, it'll be there next year. If it's a meal that you only have once a year, I encourage my clients to indulge at those times because it's a special item. And just talking about how none of our food is consumed in a vacuum or in isolation. And it's important to remember that everything fits together. So that was what I really dove into in our previous episode, talking about some of my holiday eating advice. Prior to that, I talked all about setting healthy food boundaries when it comes to other people at the table, maybe making comments, or even just setting boundaries with yourself and understanding what your goals are and how to be mindful of the choices that you're making and disassociating a lot of the guilt that we can often tie to our food. And for this week, knowing that Thanksgiving is just a few days away, what I plan to focus on in this solo episode is talking about the fact that this time of year is the worst, I will say it again and emphasize it, the worst time of year to attempt to go on a diet. And I think we all know that, but I want to take this all a step further and say that while this is the worst time of year to go on a diet, 
It in fact is the best time of year to hire a coach. So I'm gonna say it again to be super clear. November, December is the worst time of year to attempt to diet, but it is the best time of year to hire a nutrition coach. Maybe I'm biased because I do work in the space and I always love the opportunity to meet new faces and work with new people and help them approach their food from a different way and mindset. But I can say from success of other clients, other coaches that I talk to in the space and myself included, I've always been more successful with my nutrition and fitness goals when I have accountability. And what better time of year to have more accountability than this time of year when we know our shit's gonna get out of control, for lack of a better phrase, because it is. And I actually just recorded a podcast episode that I will drop in a few weeks with a really cool company, the CEO, her name is Scarlett, and it's a company called Sugar Break, and they are changing the game when it comes to regulating our blood sugar with different products and supplements, and I'll save all the details, but different products that actually help us better manage our blood sugar. And what I loved about the conversation I had with her, and I can't wait to share it with all of you, my amazing fix listeners, is the fact that the purpose of the products that her company is creating and the brand and the messaging that they're building isn't to tell people, hey, this food is bad and you should never ever eat it again. It's to actually meet you where you are and help you recognize that the seemingly inherently bad foods, by the way, we've put those labels on them of being bad foods, are going to be a part of our lives. They're gonna be there. So instead of saying to someone, no, you can't have that, why don't I instead give you a tool to better manage that food environment, to better manage how you approach that food? And that's exactly where I think this entire conversation about when to diet, when not to diet, and when to work with a coach perfectly comes into play. To take this a little bit further, I also actually saw an awesome post yesterday on one of my fellow coaches, my actual personal nutrition coach, Sonia. She shared this from another nutrition coach named Anthony Deal. And I'm going to read it and give him the credit because I wholeheartedly agree with this statement. And he said, a trend I've observed over the last four years is that 96% of clients who sign up in November or December reach their fitness and performance goals the following year. So let's say you sign up at the end of 2021. There's a very, very, very high likelihood that going into 2022 through the end of 2022, you will achieve your goals. These folks, this is the rest of what he wrote, don't let the holidays deter them. I'll let you guess those stats for people who wait until January. If we had to guess, I think we can all imagine that the people who wait until January are part of the let's start over every year, make a New Year's resolution, then it doesn't stick for X amount of time crew. And I don't want anybody listening to this show to put themselves in that category. I don't want any of my clients to put themselves in that category. So when I was thinking about some of the different topics I wanted to cover around holiday eating, I realized that this one was especially important because it might not sound like what you typically expect from somebody who works with people on their food behaviors and habits and trying to lose body fat because most people that I work with go into our coaching relationship with the expectation that my goal is to help them, of course, lose weight, lose body fat, feel more confident in their own skin, feel like they can better navigate food situations in general, and just feel like they 
their life isn't ruled by food and the decisions that they're making, that they're missing out, that they're feeling like they have to do things differently than their family, than their friends, they can't socialize the same way, whatever it is, whatever limitation they're putting on it. That usually comes with the association, frankly, because of our experience with diet culture over years and years of jumping from diet to diet, that the first thing I'm going to have them do is simply eat less food. And quite frankly, it's not that simple. I've talked about this a little bit before on other episodes. I've had other people come on my show to talk about this in particular. One episode that comes to mind is the episode I did with my good friend Aram Gregorian a couple months ago. I will link it down in the show notes if you want to take a listen. Talking about why managing and actually measuring our food is arguably more important first and foremost in setting the foundation than it is talking about like the exact calories that you're eating because we need awareness and we need to know what we're eating. And this point that I'm about to make kind of goes hand in hand with all of that. And here's the point. A lot of people who come to me for the first couple of months that we work together, I actually in some cases may have them eat more food than they have in their life or at least knowingly have. And I think that's an important distinction not to get off on a tangent, but there's all this marketing and conversation around starvation mode. And that's not where I'm going with this because it's really, it's not a thing, but there is something called metabolic adaptation. And I want to start with that because it leads into exactly why this time of year is not a good time of year to attempt to go on a diet. So metabolic adaptation, the way I like to describe it to people is to give them the analogy of weightlifting because I think this one's a little bit easier to understand. So if we think about everything in terms of energy balances and the idea of calories in versus calories out, this is analogous to picking up a set of dumbbells. Let's say you're working on bicep curls. You got 10 pound weights. You've been curling those 10 pound weights. You can successfully do 10 to 12 reps. You've been doing that for four weeks. The weights are a stimulus you react your muscles your body reacts to those stimulus and over time the goal is for you to get stronger and in getting stronger as long as you're eating accordingly hopefully you look like you're stronger too you look like you have more definition however if we never change the stimulus meaning we always lift on 10 pound dumbbells there's going to be a cap to that right so you keep lifting those 10 pound dumbbells maybe you do more and more curls but it's actually not going to do much for you unless you change the stimulus and add more weight. So we can take that same kind of principle and think about our food in terms of a source of energy, in terms of those calories, and think about it like this. If you are somebody who's constantly putting the same amount of food into your body on a regular basis, your metabolism, it's not slowing down, it just gets used to that stimulus. It adapts to that stimulus. Now, where we get into trouble is if we are somebody who chronically diets, we're constantly on this seesaw or thinking of it like a yo-yo where one week we're all the way up with our calories, then we're down, then we're up, then we're down, and we're all over the place. So in looking at something like a, what I like to call like literally earning the right to diet or earning the right to go through a fat loss phase, there is and should be some time spent where you essentially prime your body for fat loss. And what I mean by that is what I just said of eating more food for a little bit amount of time, or at least intentionally knowingly tracking that you're consuming more food in the right combination of protein, of carbohydrates, and of fat, 
And most importantly, also focusing on other biofeedback markers, making sure your entire lifestyle is where it needs to be, meaning you're getting enough sleep because if you're not getting enough sleep, it, in a lot of ways, I'm hyperbolizing this to say that it frankly doesn't matter what you're eating. It does. You're just going to set yourself up for more success if you can dial in those other areas and really make sure you're on point with your recovery, sleeping the best form of recovery that you can get. So if I think about all of that, I would actually argue that this is one of the best times of year to focus on metabolic priming and to focus on this idea of preparing your body for fat loss, but also preparing your mind for making your fat loss process that much easier. I'm going to break that down a little bit further because this is usually where a light bulb goes off in a lot of my clients' heads who have maybe worked with other coaches before, but have never had this conversation because the usual reaction is like, oh, let's lose weight, let's cut our calories. Oh, let's lose weight, we're gonna eat less, we're gonna move more. End of story period, not trying anything else. Instead, here's how I look at it. We zoom out, we look at the calendar as a whole, and we meet ourselves exactly where we are today. So if somebody came to me in the next seven days, or even people who've come to me, I've had two or three new clients in the last three weeks, I don't have a single one of them who is focusing on a calorie deficit right now. And the number one reason why is because failure would be guaranteed. You going into Thanksgiving day, it is not realistic to have the expectation that you are going to nail your macros 100% perfectly. So if I'm saying all this, it sounds like I'm discounting the purpose of macros and I want to pause and, and make the argument for why I'm not and make the focus on measuring and tracking and getting a better picture into what your behavior truly is, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And that's where working with someone can help you move your behavior in the direction you want it to go to guarantee your success long term. So I think it's all about accepting the fact that this time of year may result in failure, but instead of just sitting with that, coming up with a plan that's going to weave the failure into the plan. And that's where this idea of shifting the focus away from the calories and, and looking at your habits and your behaviors is so much more valuable. And it's so much more valuable because you literally have your whole life to diet. And if we know that, I think that's such a problem for so many people because we're constantly chasing this idea that, oh, I should be here. I should look like this in a bikini or I, I want to be this weight on the scale. And if you're constantly thinking, I want to be there, I want to be there and you're not there, half of the issue that most people I work with, even in my own experience, and I have this battle with myself often, is thinking about what do I need to do today to get me there, not tomorrow, but in a couple months from now. And then the problem and the real sticking point is the expectation that it should be tomorrow and it should be fast and it should be quick. This shit takes effort. It takes time and it takes effort and it takes patience. And sometimes executing that patience is just accepting our reality for what it is right now and knowing that one week from now, if you happen to be listening to this on Thursday, the 18th, you're probably going to be sitting at a table with a whole lot of food in front of you. And what I would encourage anybody to do, whether they're my client or just somebody listening to this, or if you're sharing this with a friend and you don't even know me, if you can take one thing away from this conversation, here's what I hope it is. 
regardless of what you choose to do and whether that outcome is good or bad based on how you label it, measure it in some capacity. Even if it's as simple as pulling out the notes section, the notes app on your iPhone and writing down what you ate. I don't care if you're not out there with your MyFitnessPal and being really precise and weighing your food and all of those things. I would actually discourage any one of my clients from weighing their food on a holiday. I would even discourage them, depending on how much time they've been spending with food tracking, I discourage them from tracking the entire day. Instead, I would work with them through a plan about, I kind of go into this in last week's episode, so this is another plug for you to listen to this, this the previous episode, but having them focus on the fact that like, you can eat what you want to eat as long as you're calculated about the other meals you have that day and you think about the other days of the week leading up to Thanksgiving and after. That doesn't mean you starve yourself going into Thanksgiving and that doesn't mean you eat nothing prior to the meal, whether that's the lunchtime meal when you celebrate with your family or maybe closer to dinner. But the the biggest thing is just taking note of whatever decisions you make, not judging it, but just keeping track of it in some capacity. And the reason why that's helpful is because it then allows you to be better informed about how to make a better decision or the best decision, or even congratulate yourself for making a really great decision the next time around. So you're facing this on this Thanksgiving, you're gonna face the same situation next Thanksgiving, you're gonna face the same situation the next time you travel, go to a restaurant, celebrate Christmas, uh, have a birthday, whatever it is, this, this stuff isn't going away. And I think for whatever reason, we put so much emphasis on November through December that we're like, woo, let's just go balls to the wall and eat whatever we want because then come January, we're totally gonna get back on the horse. And I say that super facetiously because I don't think that anyone really actually does that. And so to go back to Anthony Deal's Instagram post where he said that 96% of those clients who reach their fitness goals the next year, if they start in November and December, they don't let the holidays deter them because they don't restrict themselves during the holidays because they don't associate dieting with being strict. And I think that's a big mission. I've talked to my lovely podcast editor who helps me brainstorm all the time, Tony, about this multiple times. And I finally found the opportunity to weave it into an episode that this idea that the goal of the fitness fix, the goal of the fix podcast and my brand as a whole is to change what the term diet actually means. And I think years ago before diet culture became so prevalent, we had an understanding that A diet was as simple as what is the food that you're consuming? No judgment on it. It's not to call it something that needs to be changed. And and over time, it's morphed into something that when you, if you were to write down the definition of a diet in 2021 or 2022, my mind, even personally, immediately jumps to me restricting or changing the food that I'm eating in some capacity in order to reach a certain physique goal. And instead, I'm definitely on a mission with everything I post, publish, communicate, whatever it is, to reinvent that definition and maybe bring it back to where it was before, before the diet culture craziness, or just help people understand that your diet is just what you eat, but it's also what you consume, the thoughts that you have in your head. I've seen a lot of Instagram posts on this before, so that's not necessarily the original idea by any means, but so much of what we think and the feelings that we hold on to influence ultimately the food that we consume so it's all interconnected 
And I think, unfortunately, we're never satisfied with exactly where we are right now. And that's often the reason that you hire a coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that says so much about who you are as a person to want to better yourself. But the the person who's going to be more successful in bettering themselves is the person who is honest about their schedule, who is honest about looking in the mirror or looking at their calendar or looking at what the hell they're putting in their food tracker and actually accepting that there's value in tracking something for the sake of that visibility because having that visibility allows you to better dissect and pulling in a coach allows you to have a person who doesn't have the the skin directly in your own game and can give you a slightly less biased opinion to help you make a better decision to help you put together a better plan or put together the best plan for you going forward So when it comes to November and December and somebody wanting to get started on their fitness goals, first of all, all the more power to you for recognizing the fact that it doesn't matter what time of year it is in the sense that it's always a good time to start. But I back that up by saying it does matter what time of year it is with the method that you're going to use to get started. And if you wanna get started in November and December and you think the answer is a calorie deficit, I can promise you that you might set yourself up for deprivation and ultimately failure. So instead of doing that, I like to call it like success hacking, basically. Acknowledging that the failure will be there and let us better manage the time of year and the environment so that you can do pretty well. And you can be, if you think a bit about it on a scale of A to F, like we're grading ourselves, let's focus on getting a B plus on our report card instead of trying to get an A plus and being the person who I'll use an extreme to illustrate it, but being the person who's like, I'm going to bring my own food. I got my Tupperware container and I'm going to have my chicken and my rice and my sweet potatoes. And that's all I'm going to eat. There's a time and a place for those types of goals. And that could be November or December. Like if you, if somebody came to me and told me that they wanted to compete in a bodybuilding competition or some kind of physique competition, we'd have to have a conversation about the timeline of when that show is. And if that timeline of that show is this time of year or maybe like in February or March, well, then you are frankly, and it's my job as a coach to tell you this, you are going to have to be that person that makes those sacrifices, but that is your choice. And all of this to kind of wrap it up in a nice little bow just comes down to what your goals are as a person. And it's not your coach's job to dictate your goals to you. And I think this is an issue a little bit in the coaching industry in general that sometimes a client will come to someone, especially if they're a newer coach or they just don't have as much experience of having worked with different people and trying to figure out what exactly works, what doesn't, what psychology is behind it, the motivation that's behind it, how to help create discipline in a person's life if they just don't have it, is that they listen to what the person is saying so much that they just want to help the person get there as fast as possible and they don't take the minute to step back, to zoom out and really ask does this make sense right now? Does this make sense in the context of everything that's going on in your life? I mean, this shit, this might have nothing to do with the holidays. It could have to do with the fact that maybe at a certain time of year, depending on the profession that you're in, you're extremely busy and it's not an appropriate time. And instead, what we should be focusing on are some of those other biofeedback markers, like I mentioned with a recovery, being consistent with your workouts, not killing yourself in the gym because you're not recovering properly. 
and eating well versus focusing on adding more stress to an already stressed out system, your body, by layering in this caloric deficit. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's another form of stress. And I think that this point about it being another form of stress is something that isn't always well explained and we can lose sight of because we think of us trying to achieve our goals and us chasing this idea that we'll be super happy once we get to a certain weight or once we look the way we want to in our bathing suit or whatever it is, a certain dress fits us. Or we look in the mirror, or we look at a photo and we're just really pleased with what we see. We forget that it's actually a form of stress that we're putting on our system in order to get there. And maybe it technically in a lot of ways is a quote unquote, let's call it a good form of stress because the outcome is one that we want. Or if you think about something like exercise, this is another good parallel here. That is also a form of stress on your system and your body treats it that way. But it doesn't mean that it's always good for you. And we go through and we look back, like I said, these people on these constant trends of dieting, not dieting, calories up, calories down, the seesaw that you're back and forth on, you put all of that together over years and years of time and what you never learn is how to actually eat and how to look at your food in a different way and how to still enjoy the things that you want to eat versus immediately jumping to this idea of like, oh, I just can't have that. Or, oh, like that diet's not going to work for me. Oh, or this diet is going to go work for me because my friend did it and all she did was eat like 800 calories worth of snacks. And it was so easy because she didn't have to think about the meals. That's like the worst thing that you can do. But I'll save that for another episode. We can talk about why those types of diets usually fail you. Anyways, I just really wanted to come on to this conversation and talk about why the time of year is so important to deciding whether your diets make the most, your diet choice and your food choices and whether to go into a calorie deficit makes the most sense. And I am going to make a conscious effort to really focus in redefining the term diet instead of using it even in the way I just did. <laughs> it kind of just came out that way because I think we've become so ingrained to talk about diets like that. What I am going to make an effort to say is, is this the right time for fat loss? Or is this the right time to implement a calorie deficit? Because that's really what you're doing in order to lose body fat and change your physique and change your body composition. So anybody working with me right now knows this or anyone considering working with me, I want you to leave this episode knowing this is that we're going to spend time together in situations where you are probably going to fail. But what we'll get out of that is growth. And what we'll get from that is the opportunity to sit down together on Zoom, in person, whatever it is, over text, over the phone and talk about did I make a good decision? Was there a better decision that I could have made? And let's go the negative route. Let's say you didn't. If you didn't make the best decision, these are the types of conversations I have with people pretty frequently. Have a client who comes to me, it's Monday, and they send me a text and they're like, this weekend didn't go so well. Let's unpack that a little bit. Why didn't this weekend go so well? We start talking about it and it looks something like, well, I had a bunch of beers and then that turned into me having some, I don't know, a lot of pizza and I went out to brunch and I had a bacon, egg and cheese and I'm just naming all of these things that are pretty calorically dense. 
all things that I do eat, I just wouldn't eat all of them in one day because that's what ultimately gets us into trouble. That's what ultimately puts us in the situation where we're not in a calorie deficit and we can't lose body fat if we're not. So we'll kind of talk through what they did. And most importantly, the first piece of the exercise that I really highlight for them is, well, tell me something that you did well. Is there anything that you did that maybe the version of Krista three weeks ago before we worked together would not have considered or not have done? They'll sit there and think about it for a second. And then usually what comes out of it is, oh, well, you know, Saturday wasn't great, but at least on Friday, I planned my whole day around the restaurant I was going to do for dinner and I was able to fit in like one or two drinks, but then the next day was when I kind of went off the rails, so to speak. So that is proof that right there you did make a change and you did take the information that the former version of you had no knowledge of and instead you used it to make a better well-informed decision. So for starters, the whole weekend wasn't a wash and it's important to emphasize that piece because I want you to find your successful moments even in the span of when you think you failed. Because again, we know that failure is inevitable in certain situations. A lot of times this happens when someone's traveling and things are a little bit less in their control or they had a friend come into town to visit and they hadn't seen them in a long time and they wanted to go out and have fun or they went to a wedding or it was a birthday, something like that. And then what we focus on is, okay, well, let's talk about the day that didn't go so hot, the day that was the pizza, the drinks, and the bacon, egg, and cheese. What could I have done differently? And instead of me telling you what you could have done differently, I want you to tell me first. Let's let's flip the script a little bit right here, and let's have you be the coach, and you pretend that I am you, and you're trying to tell me what I should do differently next time. We talk through it keeping with the same example, let's say, okay, I maybe I didn't predict that I was going to have that pizza. So instead, let me be honest with myself and accept my reality for what it is and decide that I, I probably will have pizza if I do have a few drinks. So what am I going to do instead? I'm going to switch out my breakfast and I'm going to make the choice and have this make the sacrifice in the current moment because later on that will put me in a position to eat what I want to eat and kind of give in to that failure a little bit, if that makes sense. Like give in and accept the fact that that's probably going to happen. Anticipate that you are a human being and know that that may happen to you. And maybe right now for the phase that you're in, for your mindset, your phase of life, whatever it is, you don't have the willpower to be like, you know what? I had a bunch of drinks. I should resist this decision to drunk eat some pizza. If you don't have that, you just don't have it. And that can be a goal for us to work on, but it's almost worth it. It's not almost, it is 1 million percent worth it to go through the situation where that happens to you and then be able to sit with a coach have the person dissect it with you, talk through it, and then hopefully they're kind of that voice in your head the next weekend that rolls around. You have that present that opportunity presents itself. Do you pick what you did the last weekend and have the same Monday regret where you're playing Monday morning quarterback? Or do you make the different decision? And it doesn't have to be the same every time, which is really cool. And that is the power of planning too. And that's really something that it doesn't matter whether you're following a calorie deficit or you're just focusing on consistency and trying to measure and get in the habit of actually tracking your food intake, getting on a consistent workout routine, whatever it is related to your health and wellness. 
the the planning piece is just as key for whether you're in a deficit obviously it's a little more important because i think that it just gives you the flexibility that you need and it gives you confidence to then be able to handle situations where maybe you couldn't plan or maybe more things were out of your control than you wanted them to be a perfect example being like let's say you're traveling and your flight gets delayed and you're in the airport and there's no not many choices like you just have the Hudson News place to go stop at and there's nothing but a protein bar and maybe that didn't exactly fit your macros but it was the best choice you could have made in that given situation when we're in a calorie deficit that seems a little bit more of like a ugh I really didn't want this to happen to me therefore planning and having brought some other food with you would have made you happier mentally and made you feel more successful mentally too but sometimes we just can't do that and then when it comes to eating more food that can require a plan because it's not what you're used to and it's certainly not the directive that you're used to from a coach so a lot of people i work with in the first month i want them to eat more food than they're currently tracking and it takes us time to get there we have to walk before we can run and because there are a lot of factors that are involved and because it can be overwhelming to learn to track your food, to learn to weigh your food, to learn to think about exactly what you're going to eat for breakfast on Tuesday and then lunch on Wednesday and then a snack and this and that, I tend to pick one thing at a time. We focus on the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest thing that we can change or make adjustments to. And if we think about low hanging fruit when it comes to the holidays, it's a lot of the same advice that I shared in the last two episodes talking about picking certain things that are really important to you or going into that meal, having eaten a bunch of protein earlier in the day, because we certainly know that, yeah, we'll we'll have our turkey on Thanksgiving, but we definitely don't need to make up for any missing fat macronutrients between some of our desserts and sides. And same goes for those carbs. So being conscientious about what we choose to eat for breakfast is a really easy thing to do. And again, it's not even talking about a calorie deficit. It's just talking about a better approach and a better way to looking at the context of your entire day of eating. So I hope you guys found at least two or three tips from listening to this conversation and can walk away with it and think to yourself, what should I do going into Thanksgiving? And I would urge you to ask yourself, when you do go to sit down at the table or you go over to the island or wherever all of the food is set up and you're about to put a few things onto your plate, just ask yourself, the decision that I'm making right now, will I be proud of that decision in the morning? And if you have any hesitation and you think that the answer is no, then adjust. And adjusting doesn't mean eating less food. Adjusting doesn't mean turning down what you're going to eat and eliminating it completely. Maybe it means taking half the portion size that you thought you would. Maybe it means having two glasses of wine instead of five. Maybe it means choosing between dessert or some kind of side that you typically have on that Thanksgiving meal. Or maybe it means deciding that you won't go back for seconds and thirds instead. All of those things are possible options. And again, they don't all necessarily have to do with choosing fat loss and choosing to be in a calorie deficit. It's just a matter of managing your food environment and ultimately managing your actions. And I think that can be a really hard thing to try to learn on your own. I actually know it can be a really hard thing to learn on your own because that should be the role that your coach 
plays in your life. They should be the person that gives you some ideas to just basically think about. I mean, anything I share with anyone is always just a suggestion. They technically don't have to take it. That's their choice. They're an adult. They can choose what they want to do. But I'm trying to give them a suggestion and I also try to give them options. We have three different roads we can take. This is one you could take. Here are the possible outcomes. Here's the second one you could take. Here are the possible outcomes, both quote unquote good outcomes and quote unquote bad. So if you don't feel like you have that perspective, that voice of reason in your life, the person who can allow you and support you in being able to take that 360 degree view, I would love to be that person for you. You know where to find me. And while I don't know that that statistics of 96% of clients who sign up for coaching in November and December is 100% rooted in, in fact in a huge population size, I am very confident from my own coaching experience with clients and myself working with a coach that I am so much more likely to achieve my goals if I start sooner than waiting until January, just like everybody else does. Because we're in this for life. You're always going to have time to go through a calorie deficit, but where we need to better focus our attention is on an exit strategy from those instances and on real life and the fact that our lives are not designed for fat loss. And instead of pushing fat loss all the time, coming up with systems and approaches that can help us better manage it. So that's all I have for you guys. And as always, from wherever you're listening, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will be back with a special episode next week on Thanksgiving Day. Maybe you'll listen to it the day after, but we are going to talk about, uh-oh, I overate or, uh-oh, I didn't make the decisions that I wanted to, even though I listened to all of Coach Chris's suggestions. It just didn't go that way. So what the heck do I do now? I'll have a bunch of tips and strategies to share with everyone. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, share this with a friend. Hopefully somebody can get something out of this and reach out to me if you have any questions about coaching. I'm still taking on a few more clients for the rest of November into December and the new year. I will be closing my books for a little bit over the holidays, but definitely would love to help a few of you get started and keep this rolling right through January. So send me a message. I'm at the Krista Huber on Instagram. Tag the podcast if you share it at thefix.officialpod. Remember it's fix with a Y. And I will catch you guys next time.